Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Today is part two of two, the thrilling conclusion to the eulogy tribute to my biological mother. Mrs. Donna Hale passed away at 74. She was my bio mom who gave me up for adoption and then we were rekindled. Here is part two. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps. And on today's show, we're airing part two of the eulogy the memorial service in honor of my mother. Mrs. Donna Hale passed away at age 74. And on yesterday's show, or the preceding episode, if you watch us online, we did part one of the memorial eulogy, the funeral service for Mrs. Donna Hale. Today is part two, the thrilling conclusion, emotional. Get your Kleenex out, you're gonna love the story of Mrs. Donna Hale we were separated for 48 years after I was given up for adoption at age three. She came into my life for the last four years of her life and then recently passed. Here today is the conclusion of our reuniting story. In India, it's interesting the, the things that Donna and I had in common, not knowing each other those 48 years we were apart, but I went to India in 2012, Donna went to India in 2015. As, as cross-cultural missionaries for Jesus, trying to love the, love the poor, my career blossomed, and it can only be attributed to God's faithfulness. God took a little throwaway boy and turned him into a small man that's standing on the shoulders of a giant. And I give all the credit to Carl and Joanne, who adopted me and raised me. For those 48 years, they were my parents. They gave me every opportunity, and I am standing on their shoulders today. God adopted Donna too. For 32 years, she was involved in this church. This church is, technically, if you go back to the previous churches that merged and became this church, this church is now 42 years old. 32 of those years, since 1991, Donna Hale was here. She went through three pastors over 10 years each. The first pastor is Pastor Ted. He's sitting right here. He remembers when Donna came to this church in a different building. Then the second 10 years was Pastor Al, and the third 10 years is Pastor Justin and Jessica. And Donna was the treasurer of the church at one point. You know, instead of getting a successful career in art, because that doesn't pay the bills. Starving artist, that means starving, right? She worked for the Niagara County Treasurer's Office for 26 years. She was an expert in money, and she was the treasurer of not just this church, but she worked in the children's programs. Not having her own children, she served your children for many years. Donna would want me to say this, because she was the treasurer, we're going to take, take up an offering, not tonight, but for this church, Vanguard Church, is where we want you to donate. Don't give flowers, but if you have any memorials, mail it to this church, Vanguard Church, and they will use it for missions. They're involved and they're engaged and they're doing things, not just in India, but all over the world. Donna would want, as a treasurer, to make sure this church was 
supported. She also created hundreds of paintings. She impacted hundreds of lives, thousands of lives probably. Her, her paintings are going on exhibit. You know, she's been exhibiting for many years. But in the next two years, we just learned, the art community wants to exhibit her paintings this year at the Keenan Center. And they are going to display and sell some of her art. And again, next year at the Carnegie Center, they are going to display some of her art. And so in the back, there's a clipboard. Uh, Sir, can you hold up the clipboard? We want everyone to sign this. If you want to get information about attending those exhibits or even going by the house to, to pick out, we have 200 finished pieces of artwork in her living room right now. We brought them all up from the basement, and she wanted the church ladies to have first pick. So put your name on that clipboard before you leave. You may be lucky. You may get an invite and be able to take some of her work home. So back to my life, uh, sadly, my adoptive mom, Joanne, died in 2016. It was November. I remember um, getting the phone call. My sister, Julie, was at her bedside in, in central New York, and I was devastated. Joanne was a great mom. She was the mother I needed because she spanked my bottom when I bit my sister and washed out my mouth with soap <laughs> and turned me into a fine young man that I am today. Otherwise, I would have been totally off the rails. Um, we joke later that Donna was the mother we all wish we had so we could get away with things. <laughs> and Donna confessed to me, I would never have disciplined you that much, Gordon. You, you would have become a hellion, yes. But I was raised by Joanne, and she died in 2016. And now, as a 50-year-old man, I felt orphaned a second time. Maybe some of you have lost your parents, and you feel that pain of losing not just someone you love, but someone who guided you and shaped you. How will I get on without a mother a second time now? My mother has been removed from me. And I was sad. But then something happened. In 2019, I received a letter in the mail. I have a copy of the letter right here. I'm not going to read it to you. But you can look at it. It's pretty short. And I'm going about my business, happily married in Colorado Springs after my military career. And one day I'm opening the bills, and this letter comes addressed from North Tonawanda, New York, from Mrs. Donna Hale. Now, here's a woman. I have no idea who this is. Because I tried to unseal the New York State records, and they said no. Fifteen years ago, I tried to find her. They said, no, we're, we're sealing the records. You'll never know unless two-party consent. And I didn't know her name. So I'm reading the letter. Dear Dr. Gordon Klingenschmidt, my name is Donna Hale, maiden name Krieger. On June 5th, 1968, I gave birth to a son out of wedlock in Lackawanna, New York. I named him Gordon Christopher Krieger. I made the decision to keep him against my parents' advice. After struggling with this decision for three years, I gave him up for adoption. 
I realized that I could not give him the life that he deserved. You may be that person. I have enclosed a picture of Gordon Christopher around age two and a half. If you are not the person in this picture, please forgive me for bothering you. If you are, it would be wonderful if you could let me know. Truly yours, Donna Hale. This is the picture that she enclosed in that envelope. And you look at this picture, it looks just like my four-year-old picture. And it's the same boy, I can, t I can assure you. Um, I didn't know what to do. I hadn't heard from this woman in 48 years, didn't know her name. Suddenly she sends me a picture of my former self. What do you do with that information? Well, I called my Aunt Julie. Aunt Julie is sitting here tonight. Um, Joanne's youngest sister went and met with Donna at Tim Hortons and they had coffee. They talked, and Aunt Julie comes back to me and says, Gordon, it's her. It's real. She could be our sister. She's half Polish and half German, just like Joanne and Carl are Polish and German. They're, they're Catholic. They were raised Catholic. They could have been, they're all familiar with you know, Father Baker's and Our Lady of Victory. I decided to buy an airplane ticket. I flew here to North Tonawanda, and I met my mother on her porch after 48 years apart. She greets me at the door. She opens the door. Hello, Gordon. I said, hello, mother. I've been on an adventure but I've come home if you'll take me back. And she began to cry. And we talked for four hours that day. I had prepared this life book. And in this book, uh, you can maybe look at it afterwards, it's all of my life photos, my high school graduation, my wedding, my college graduation, being in the military, being in the legislature, being on television, serving orphans in India, my whole life I gave this as, to her as a gift because I wanted her to see what she had bought with her sacrifice. And I just wanted to tell her, thank you, you made the right decision. Look at this wonderful life that I have because you sacrificed not just your career but your own motherhood so that I could have a beautiful life and you did it. You weren't there but you made the right choice. Thank you for doing that. She said it was like a thousand pound weight lifted off of her shoulders. All those years of self-doubt. I have a poem that she wrote in 1971. I found it today. The self-doubt is evident. Lord, abide. Let us stem the tide of broken dreams. Sometimes you seem to tell us it's too late for praying. She was disappointed in herself, disappointed in God, so depressed and sad, but now here is her son with the rest of the story. And she is able finally to breathe a sigh of relief. Oh, Gordon, I'm so happy. I did the right thing. I had great parents. I had a great life. God was my father, knowing Christ, serving God. I made a joke with her that day. I said, 
Mrs. Hale, I didn't know what to call her, right? Donna, you can't really call her Donna. Mom, I, I couldn't call her mom because that was Joanne's name. I'm like, I'm confused by this. We settled on, I said, how about mother? Can I call you mother? She said, I would like that. And I called her mother, mother ever since. I said, you were my first mother. I'll acknowledge that now. Joanne was my second mother, and I owe her everything. She made me into the man that I am today. But she has passed away. So now the position is open. If you want to fill out this job application, you can become my third mother. And she said yes, and we laughed a little bit. And for the next four years, I was privileged to talk with her every Sunday on the phone. I came here twice a, twice a year to visit her. I walked her through hip surgery. I stayed overnight at her house when she had her hip replaced. She took me to the anchor bar. We had chicken wings together. What did we talk about on the phone those four years? Well, we talked about the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres. And I said, don't worry, Mother. Next year, they're going to be really good. And she said, yeah, I've heard that before. She talked about her church friends, especially her pastors, Justin and Jessica, always telling me what they preached about. She talked about Hadassah, her best friend. And all of the church ladies, so many that I, I can't even remember all their names. All the artists she knew in the art community, all of her high school friends, some of them babysat me, she, and of course, her beloved siblings, Don, Diane, and David, and their spouses and their children. She would brag to me about my cousins, Kyle, Kelly, and Ashley. You were her favorite, and all of your children. Ben, Alex, Sophie, Elodie, Maverick, Caden, I would get updates about all of what she felt like were the closest things she had to grandchildren. She had so many painting exhibits, so many art shows, so many friends, and m many of you are here today. I want to say thank you to her friends and family. You were there for her when I could not be there for her, and you cared for her all those years when I was absent. I noticed um, and remarked on that day that Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, Jesus said maybe six things. One thing he said, it's peculiar how it aligns with my story. John, this is your mother. Mary, this is your son. Now here's Mary, the mother of Jesus, and John, the greatest disciple. And they're two adults, and they don't really know each other as mother and son. But for the rest of their lives, they are joined as mother and son. And I feel like that's what Jesus did for me. He gave me the mother that um, I didn't have at that time in my life that I needed. He gave her the son that she never had, but she needed at the end. I told her uh, six months ago, she was in the hospital. I said, Mother, I want to be there when you die. Not to be morbid, but you were there when I was born. We started out this life together. We might as well finish this life together. And I was privileged to receive the phone call and to fly here just a week ago now. Mother died on May 9th. She was 74 years old. 
But would you believe with me, think spiritually for a second, she was born now a third time. She was born in 48, she was reborn in 76, and now she is resurrected and born into heaven the third time to celebrate with the angels. I was so happy to be there with her, surrounded by church people, and her family came to her bedside. Uh, the church ladies came the last night and had a little uh, hoedown. They were all laughing and giggling and saying goodbye to her and praying. And Tuesday morning at 4.40 a.m., after three all-nighters at her bedside, I was awakened to the sound of silence. There was no commotion. There was no noise, just silence. And she stopped breathing, and I checked her pulse, and she was gone. She finally had peace with God in heaven. Now I hope she is seeing her husband John again, a man that I never met, but John, thank you for being there and loving my mother for those 32 years when I was gone. Maybe she's seeing her parents again, but I know she's seeing Jesus. And God is her father forever. Here's a question, and I'm coming to my conclusion here. Why was Donna Hale so happy? With so much personal pain in her body, personal pain in her life circumstances, why was she happy at the end? Why was she so peaceful, so generous, so giving? Because she was adopted by Jesus. She was adopted twice, first by her grandparents and then by Jesus. Why am I so happy up here? Why is this a celebration story for me? Because I was adopted twice, first by my parents and then by Jesus. Some of you in this room, you have great parents, but you've never been adopted, not even once. Some of you have never received Jesus Christ as your father, for some reason, you feel inside like you might be an orphan. Now, maybe you are alone. Maybe your parents have left you or passed away. Maybe you feel orphan like I did. But even if you had good parents and they're still alive, why do you have this aching feeling inside of you like you feel like an orphan? The truth is, you're separated from your real father, God who is your father in heaven. But what is the cure for orphan? Adoption. I want to put up that scripture again. The good news is God loves orphans. And God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption by whom you can cry out, Abba, Father. You can have the same fatherhood that Donna knew, that I know, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? She would want you to go to heaven. She would want me to ask you these questions. Do you know God as that loving Father in a real relationship with Him where He loves you and you love Him? Or is it just an empty religion and ritual? Mother and I were separated for 48 years, but some people here may have been separated from God your whole life. You had an earthly father, Maybe he was good, maybe he was bad, but some of you have never felt your heavenly Father's love. God loves you. He is a good dad, and you can be adopted today. 
God can become your father and fill your empty heart with his love. So here's my question. And I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I'm actually going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you have felt abandoned? How many of you have felt like you, you need God in your life? Like you need God to adopt you today? For God to become your father. If you want to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, if you want to have a new relationship with God as your Father, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I see a hand in the back. If you are ready to receive Jesus Christ, I want you to raise your hand. I want all of us to stand, and I'm going to lead us in a short prayer, and then we're going to have other speakers. But let me conclude my speech by offering and inviting you to pray with me that God will put in you his own spirit of adoption by which you will cry, Abba, Father. If you are willing, would you repeat these words with me? Let's all repeat them together. Father in heaven, I need you as my daddy. Maybe I had or didn't have a good childhood, but sometimes now I feel alone I feel orphaned or widowed, but God, I open my heart to you. Jesus, would you come into my heart? Jesus, would you become my father? Will you live inside of me by your spirit? I don't want empty religion or ritual. I want the real thing. I want God's love in my heart. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead. And Jesus, I receive you now as my Savior and Lord. Come into me now, Jesus. Become my Father. Adopt me as your own and take over my life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're here in Israel in literally the scene of all of the holy sites, like the Via Dolorosa, where Jesus carried his cross, the garden tomb where he was raised from the dead, the Sea of Galilee, where he taught the disciples. And I prayed, Lord, how can I bring this inspiring environment into your living room? And what we've produced is a four DVD disc set with the entire Gospel of Matthew. I teach every verse in all 28 chapters of Matthew in short 12 minute segments so you can understand the exact words that Jesus taught from the exact location where Jesus lived. Pick up the phone right now and call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. For a suggested donation of just $50, we'll give you all four discs, the entire Gospel of Matthew, or you can write to us at the address on your screen or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. You're gonna love this Bible teaching. Pick up the phone and call us today. I'm Dr. Chaps. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that famine would be a sign of the end. And we are now facing a famine of biblical proportions in one of the poorest states in India, 
where our charity has sponsored up to 259 orphans and children for many years. But now, there are thousands of people starving in the streets because of the unemployment there, and we've been helping widows, like the letter we received from Sanuri, who writes to us and says, I stay with my three children in the slum. I was washing plates in the hotel and earning bread for my family, paying house rent. Suddenly, I lost my income. After hotels were closed by the government, this was a shocking moment for me. Afterward, we could manage eating half a meal a day to manage a scanty ration for longer days. When there was no ration left for my family, I was quietly weeping outside with agony. An unknown fellow came and asked whether I am a widow. I said, yes. He wrote my name and address and asked me to collect ration from your office. I got that ration with joyful tears. I strongly believe that God helps the helpless during troubled times through benevolent people. You know, the benevolent people she's talking about are you and your generosity when you give through our ministry is actually helping her to see God. Would you please donate today at 866-Obey-God? Again, our phone number, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D, and help us supply a matching gift. We've already given up to $10,000 to supply 100,000 meals, and there's somebody out there who could double that gift with one stroke of a pen. Please donate through our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and designate your gift to India Relief. Please give today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. So there you have it. That was my mother and her life story. Maybe you are separated from God. Maybe you need an adoption story in your life. If so, I encourage you just to pray out, to call out to God and say, God, you are my father. Would you adopt me? Would you take over my life? Jesus, I don't wanna be my own boss anymore, but Jesus, I want you to become the boss of my life. Be my father, come into my heart, forgive my sins. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed with us, call us today at 866-Obey-God. If you missed part one of this story, you gotta find it online. Go to PrayInJesusName.org, click on the TV listings, and especially look on our Rumble page. Rumble is just a website like YouTube. It might also be on YouTube, but find it when you go to PrayInJesusName.org, click on the TV listings, and you'll see yesterday's part one. God bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you next time. Do you need a physical or spiritual healing? Are you being tested or tried? When Jesus needed to pray, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you need to really connect with God? If you're visiting Colorado Springs, come see the Gateway Prayer Garden just south of the city along Interstate 25. Walk our prayer trails among the trees by the beautiful Fountain Creek. Stand at the foot of our large cross and connect with Jesus. Enter our life-size replica of the empty tomb and spend time reading key Bible verses etched in stone along our ground cross as big as a football field. Join our worship gatherings and plan to attend our annual Easter sunrise worship service. We're located off I-25, exit 132A at 8035 Bandley Road, just north of the KOA campground. Experience Jesus at gatewayprayergarden.org. That's gatewayprayergarden.org.
Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.